0: Just want to uh, mention our offer this month. Uh, only got a few more days left, so get them while they're hot. Uh, Pastor Shirley's book, The Prize, is $14. It's The High Calling and the Great Commission. Amen. I remember we used to talk a lot about the High Calling in the late 90s and early 2000s. Don't know what happened to that vision, but I'm holding on to it. Amen. I want to lay hands on the sick. I mean, continue to and do more. We're looking for God to do more through us, not less. So, but this is a very, very good one. It's very exciting. When you read it, the pages really come alive. It's like there's an excitement to the message that you can tell. I'm really proud of Pastor Shirley. She really put her heart into this. This is how she really feels. And so when you can get people to share what what their heart is it, it transfers on to you so if you want to get excited about the end time and quit thinking gloom and doom this is your book okay and the free one is seven weeks to health and healing volume one and uh that's free and so the shipping's free too and we have our master prayer manual it's eight dollars but you have to pay the shipping uh so it brings it up around I think what's, the shipping's probably about seven bucks for some reason. I don't know. This internet stuff is beyond our control, but that's how our thing is set up. But anyway, it'll get to you and, um, and you will be blessed. Amen. 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 Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And Lord, we really need you. We need you so much. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. I don't know if I held up the Master Prayer Manual or not. This is one of the older editions, but it is intact and complete. Uh, uh, this one does not have the history of uh, answers to prayer, but we do have testimonies in here and a lot of encouraging things Uh that's not the 25 year edition, so it was a different one, the one we're using now. But anyway, you can get any anything you want. You want that one, you can get that one. It's <laughs> just not at that price, so. But anyway, i you know, if you've got a group that you want to bless and you guys get together and pray, this is well will be an excellent guide for you. Uh, it, it, for us, it has kept us productive. Well, it's what God told us to do, write the vision and make it plain. And it has kept us out of, um, um, spookiness, soulish prayers, you know, it's because it's all the word and the revelation comes directly from the word and you can see how, how it comes. Through the word there. And, uh, this is all that we, we are allowed to prophesy to the devil is the word of God, you know. So it's to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. And so, uh, these, these enemies that, that rule cities and rule neighborhoods and schools and stuff like that, they're listed in there. You can actually pray against them and take authority and you will see them fall amen because that's god's word so not because we tell you but because god says so so and he he always backs up his word so today we're going to talk about the fact that the verdict is in you are healed amen there has been a verdict rendered in your favor in heaven and earth and under the earth so this verdict has been announced uh in all three realms amen Uh, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made an open show of them. Uh, After he uh, gave his life for us at the cross, the Bible says he led captivity. that, that, That had people captive, he captured captivity, amen, and gave gifts unto men. So Jesus was able to retrieve everything that the enemy had stolen as God of this world. And the Bible says he henceforth sits at the right hand of the Father until his enemies are made his footstool. And that's what we do. We're here to make his enemies his footstool. Nobody else is going to do it but the church. So if we're looking around for somebody who's, you know, I'll be glad when so. Well, God will be glad when you get up and do something about it. Amen. And so we we have to understand our a responsibility here. Jesus is waiting on us. We're not waiting on him for anything. Amen. We need to go to him in faith and and ask him for the tools that we need. If you need to understand how to pray, ask him to teach you. If you need to understand how to pray for the sick, ask him to teach you. Amen. If you need to um uh understand uh how to to keep yourself free of the restrictions of the enemy in the in the curses of the world you know ask him to teach you you'll find it all in his word amen if you're in a good church where they teach the word and teach authority and teach uh, the believers ministry that's that's a good place to be stay there you know if you've left go back (laughs) amen you missed it amen you went for the devil's okey-doke got offended about something petty that has nothing to do with eternity amen (laughs) And let it talk you out of staying faithful. And so, you know, it's a good thing to, to, you know, uh, humble yourself and and make peace with God and make peace with His people. You know, I do it all the time. I've had situations in ministry where you know you have a parting of the ways with you and other members of the body of Christ. If I can get reconciliation, I go for it. You know, I ask God. I said, God, you know, I don't like not being able to to go to people and chat with them and fellowship with them et cetera. Et cetera. you know I, I want peace between me and that individual and he'll open up the door for that you know he'll open up the door for you to be able to just go to him and say you know what i'm sorry I, i'm just we used to be friends as, as uh david said my uh it you know he said if it were an enemy i could understand it but it was my fellow uh, israelite with whom i walked and You know, if you share things with people, that needs to be reconciled. You just don't let people just drift off and go off like there's nothing there. So, you know, uh, sometimes you can do it. If God opens the door, it's good to do it. But let him open the door, okay? You you pray for that. And just be open to it. Humble yourself to God and and let him do that. You know, you don't want to just distance yourself from people all your life. You know, that's... That's what we did as sinners. The blood's been shed for your heart to be tenderized <laughs> toward people, and then toward you. And and so it's it's good to take advantage of that. It'll it'll keep you in the long run. You know, it really really will. So, but uh, God has made a place for us to be number one. Reconciled to Him, we're friends with God again. Amen. When he created us in his image initially in the garden, there was a friendship that, that was broken by sin. Amen. So, a, uh, Adam and Eve and God were friends. In fact, they were, they both had the same name. They were both called Adam before the fall. It was Eve after the split up. Amen. <laughs> they split from God and kind of split from each other. And, and uh, so she had to have a separate name from him but uh it's it's um something that that God holds dear, his family, and from the minute they fell, Jesus set in motion the plan to get us back. Amen. He didn't have to think about it, he didn't waste any time. In fact, the plan was already in motion before the fall because he knew ahead of time what we would do, and he had to make provision for it. if he's God. He makes provision in advance for everything. Amen. Um, he's not. <laughs> he's not a man. He's not making uh, making things up. He's not, you know, doing things as we go along. Nothing's a surprise to him. He he has a ready answer. And he said, even before we call, he answers, while we are yet speaking, he appears. Amen? Because he's made provision for every, because he's God. Anybody who's God has already got stuff done. He's. We're not waiting on him to get anything done. He's waiting on us to believe it belongs to us. You know, that's one thing he's waiting on. And he's waiting on us to start seeking him. For the pathway to receive what it is that we need from him that all we need to do is know the path amen and get on the path and get there and and that's really what god's waiting for from all of us for us just to earnestly seek him god what do i need to do here I'm i'm doing the best i can if that's and that doesn't seem to be cutting it you know i need more peace about it i need something Give me something, God. But I don't know what I need, but you know, just throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Let him come into your heart in a, in a real way and begin to speak to you, and lead you and guide you and help you, you know, help you with the things that you need. So, so he has made provision for everything. Why? Because we're already judged in the court of heaven as being being heirs to everything that we need it belongs to us it's been given to us by the purchase power of the blood of jesus and so god's judgment against us is reversed because it was a judgment against sin so now that we're the righteousness of god in christ jesus now that jesus has shed his blood and we accept it by faith now we can come to God as friends again, so the friendship has been renewed um we've got to get used to that. I think that's what most of the problem is we're just not being used to used to being friends with God. we're used to being enemies on our own, feeling like we had to do everything, we had to accomplish everything we were we were by ourselves, nobody there to help us, nobody there to go to bat for us. And now God is in our lives, and and we have to learn how to work with him and and get from him what we need and and go forward and do the things that he wants us to do in life. So it's a challenge for us. I think that's where the challenge is, is learning. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Amen. And, And that means you've got to connect with him at all times he doesn't want us running around here trying to figure out how to do stuff ourselves amen you run around in circles mess it up fall flat on your face and you know make a botch it all up and then when when you finally got it tore up in 15 different pieces then that's when you go to god and say oh okay god maybe i need to listen to you maybe i need to seek you maybe i need to ask you in fact i know i do Amen. I'm getting nowhere fast like this. And so once we, we come to that realization and just settle in and and wait for his leading, wait for his guidance, talk to him, read your word, meditate on it, find some things that bless you when you read them and, and stay with those things. That, that's God talking to you. And so God wants us to to come into this life of faith. He wants us to come into it uh in a secure way you know just just kind of trust it and abandon yourself to it like you know there's nothing else on earth except the life of faith and so once we understand that then then we can do great things you can move mountains with your faith i mean just e- even putting it to use in small ways will cause you to have great benefit so in isaiah 53 we see it uh we see the judgment that was handed to us in the book of Genesis, uh, death was promised for disobedience. I'm sorry, why don't we go there first? I had these in different places on my notes. Genesis three and this is the the indictment against us, the judgment against us for disobedience. God warned the man and the woman that when they ate of the tree that was forbidden, they would surely die. So that is called sin when you do something that's forbidden um it's God sees it as sin, and so we we need to own that and a, a mistake, yeah, but sin is really what it is judged in the spirit realm, so there's no mistakes in the spirit there's sin and righteousness, you know, take your pick and so when i uh uh Genesis three and verse <laughs> In verse 6, we see the the disobedience. Uh, He says, The woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So Adam is there all the time. Okay. It's not like Eve went off by herself with the serpent, got some food, and brought it home, like, you know, she'd been grocery shopping. They were both there during the time of the transgression. And so it appears that this was their usual pattern, that, uh, you know, she would probably assist him with everything that they did. She probably gathered the food or something like that, or she decided she wanted it. And because he was her, they were one flesh, they did everything the same. There was no thought in his mind to not eat it. Even though it was being disobedient to God, you got me. He was—that's what covenant is. You keep your covenant vow. Um, it's like this: God develops the concept of covenant. It's His concept. He invites us into it. So when when Adam was alone, God decided to make a, a helper for him. That was compatible with him. And so he created Eve out of his rib, uh, woke him up and there she was. And Adam made a vow to Eve. He said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She is, she, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So they were already one flesh. You understand what I'm saying? They're of one substance. So they're 100% alike. Therefore, shall man leave his father and mother. This is where the vow is and cleave to his wife. So he's already promised before God to leave God and cleave to her. And he said it in front of God. Amen. God was his father. He was the only father he had. That's where he came from. And so he is saying that he would leave anybody else that he was connected to or had an allegiance with for the sake of keeping this woman. Amen. And so because he was responsible for her, he was a custodian of her care, all of the above. So he never had a thought not to do what he said he's going to do right there, even when they were on disobedience. Why? Because he trusted God he said it in front of god god didn't stop him from saying it god didn't say wait a minute adam now you can't do this because this lady gonna mess you up when she start acting funny you go wish you had no exceptions a vow is a vow and adam had enough confidence in god to figure out you know what even if we we go together and in, in disobedience, God will find a way to get us back. God will find a way. And so once he said it in front of God, he knew it was sanctioned by God. So it was an okay way to live. And I'm sure it it helped them a lot as they lived life being obedient in the garden. You know, they both did things together. They were a, a subdue the earth and they probably enjoyed that life quite a bit. So he was in the flow of we agree on everything, we do everything together, we're a couple, we stay together, we're no matter what, you know, we're gonna be together. And that was what his focus was, was keeping them together. So that's why, even though it was disobedience, he agreed with her. Why? He figured somewhere, well, God'll find out and he'll help us out, he'll do something. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is this is this is a, a mind that has not been damaged by sin. See, we can't imagine this because our minds are damaged by sin. The first thing you think, oh, "I ain't gonna do that." She she wrong. There was no thought in his mind like that. That comes from iniquity, blaming somebody, wanting to separate from somebody, judging. So some, all of that's a sinful mindset. They didn't have that. All they had was God's love in them, His spirit around them, and purity in their thought life. And so He, when He does this, He is being obedient to His own word to cleave to this woman. He didn't say I'm going to cleave to her as long as she's doing right. I'm just going to cleave to her, period. He had no concept of living life without her, period. You understand me? And so, and that's still true now. You'll see some people that just are committed. They, they'll, you'll hear people in a marriage overlook some things and it's, ah, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. And somebody else won't take you to court and leave you over it. You understand what I'm saying? So there are some people that really get the, they get it. They get it. You know, this is just for a lifetime. And if you, if you can stay committed for a lifetime, then you gain eternity you know, that kind of thing they're just not looking at somebody made me mad and they don't respect me and it's so childish you know that's nothing to do with the love of god in your heart you the love of god in your heart forgives it lets things go it it, it tries to make the relationship work again it's just not satisfied to to have two people separated doing separate things so so adam and eve couldn't conceive of a life like that didn't even come into their minds they conceived of doing everything together period even though it meant death for them they didn't know what death meant but but they would find out what it meant and so when after they had partaken of the sin then they start hiding from god Verse 9, God called to Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree where I have commanded you not to eat? And he blames a woman. So this is the divorce, okay? The separation of two souls. The strife and enmity and blaming and fear and all of that stuff comes in all of that still destroys relationships you know it's it does the work it's always done it does it to to uh, cause things not to work and so god then judges them and he uh, gives them trouble you know there's a death over them now it's gradual as far as their physical man is concerned but they die off from relationship with god he cannot visit them the way he wanted to anymore Every time they want to contact God, they have to, uh, find, find an animal to sacrifice and build an altar to God to get His presence back. Blood has to be shed every time before they can contact God. Amen? And so He institutes that and He pronounces the curse on them and a curse will eventually kill both of them and all of humanity. Amen? So he tells the woman he'll greatly multiply her sorrow and conception. She'll bring forth children. The husband will rule over her. It was not that way. Ruling over someone is a curse. Amen. That's why put people, put people in slavery. Amen. And so God created us to be free. And so he, he tells Adam he's going to work by the sweat of his brow. You know, that's why men don't like a lot of Bills and responsibility because it's hard on them, you know women don't see it because that's not our curse. we get a different one amen it, the curse is so hard, God had to split it up. you understand what i'm saying he did He didn't mean for us to live the way we've been living, and you know people go and get a job and work sixteen hours a day and seven days a week if they can because that's heavy labor, they're just doing what God says would happened to them, amen. So if they want to get ahead, they got to do all this stuff. So anyway, but, uh, God, God judges them right here in this, 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 uh, chapter. But then over in Isaiah 53, he promises something. And that is the coming of a Redeemer who will purchase them out of this curse that, that they have been put in through their disobedience. And so in Isaiah 53, We find the blessing coming back to them again, amen, in a permanent way. Now, they were blessed obeying the law, the law of Moses, when they would obey that. They had blessing, but they couldn't obey it. It was too hard. They would make the sacrifices for a minute, and then pretty soon they go off, do something else, and before you know it, they're making sacrifices to other gods. And so it, it just, without the new birth, you can't even stay conscious of the fact that you belong to God it's such a privilege to be born again because that way you have a continual reminder of who you are you have a continual reminder see israel couldn't do what we do you you can talk within yourself your thoughts you can have thoughts toward god within yourself and he answer you back that's that they they had nothing like that they had to run around do the best they can and then, then they would say, oh, well, you know, it's a day of atonement. Let's go make, make atonement for our sins at least once a year they did. They were to do it continually. Whenever they sinned, they had to bring a sacrifice. Well, they got tired of that. And God knew they'd get tired of it. That's why he brought Jesus, because that stuff didn't work. But it worked to teach them right from wrong, and that's about all it was was geared to do. They weren't expected to obey it because you couldn't it was a normal man could not do that so so then god institutes that and institutes some feasts and that kind of stuff to remind them who they belong to even that didn't work amen carnal mindedness just it needs to be born again so in isaiah 53 and verse 1 who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the lord revealed He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, talking about Jesus, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So here is the reversal of the curse. It comes through a, a man who will take away the sins of the world. Amen. And just like this prophecy, If we didn't know the end of the story, this prophecy wouldn't make a lot of sense to us. You understand what I'm saying? And when you think about it, in Isaiah's day, it didn't make a lot of sense to them either. Because they were waiting on the Messiah. Everybody was always waiting, oh, when Messiah comes, it's going to be this and this. Oh, when Messiah comes. When Messiah came, they, they killed him. You understand they didn't understand what he was to do. And so all of this stuff in Isaiah alluding to, he grew up as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground, despised and rejected of men, but he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You would have to really know your scriptures to figure that one out. You you understand what I'm saying? And all throughout the word of God, there are little bits and snatches and pieces of who Jesus is. But they never recognized him. The Bible says he came to his own, his own received him not. Why? They didn't recognize him. Just like we don't recognize God a lot of times when he's coming to us because you got to humble yourself to pay attention and know what he's saying and know what he's doing. And when we're all wound up and we want something real bad, we're not going to pay no attention. Humility is the last thing you want to hear about. Ah, I'll be humbled another day. i got to have my bills paid. Do you know what's going on in my house? You understand what I'm saying? And so so it's the same way with us. We have him on the inside of us and still don't check in, you know, like we're supposed to. But, but we're working on it. Amen? We're working on it. So in Isaiah, we see the judgment reversed. He was wounded for us. He was bruised for us. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen? So that's the new verdict that's been handed down. We are healed, period. There's no more sickness. There's no more cursing. There's no more after Messiah comes. There's health, prosperity, wholeness on a continual basis. Amen. And this is what we need to understand to walk in. You're not You're not slated for any trouble. You know, now trouble will come because you're in the world. But you can hide yourself under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, I do it all the time. I don't pay attention to what, you know, I might do it for a minute because I know i got to make some plans to take care of some things. But I'm not going to get wound up about something or worry about it or, you know, praise God, you know, there's nothing really disastrous going on. And so it's it's, it's a habit you have to develop within yourself. To cast your cares on the lord and and then when your mind tries to pick it up again, you cast it over again, and then your mind will creep over and try to worry you cast it over again, and so once you get yourself into casting habit, <laughs> you realize you can live care free worry free pain free. You know, and just keep saying, God, I know you're taking care of it. I know you're working on it, Lord. Your word says you're going to take care of these things. You're my father. You're not going to forsake me in this. You come to bat for me. You're, you're undertaking for me even now. And, and just, just, you know, discipline yourself kind of to live like that. And, and it's a good life. Now you can worry if you want to, but you're going to miss a lot of stuff. You know, you're going to miss a lot of peace. You're going to miss a lot of, and, and God can't give you any kind of idea if you're worrying. Uh, he just can't feed the mind of a worrier. He's got to feed a mind of peace. Amen. It's got to be a place where he can have an impact on you and and all of that. You got to get peaceful before he can deal <clears throat> with us in some things. So so God wants us to partake of everything that he's provided for us. And reversing the curse, breaking the curse, is what the blood of Jesus has done for us so that we can choose a better way. We don't have to live in the the poverty and the fear and the uh, uh, confusion, all of that stuff. We just don't have to live that way. Amen? Uh, and, and so that's, that's the biggest part of, of what the verdict really means, that we have been judged innocent. We are justified. Amen. We are, have been made innocent again by the power of Jesus' blood. Amen. We've been made righteous, which means that there's no law against us. There's no law against righteousness. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? So in the righteousness of God, we can freely believe for everything we can freely receive everything there's nothing too um too big expensive important or anything for god to give us because is if your faith will bring it into your 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 um your crosshairs then just pull the trigger you understand what i'm saying just just uh, uh snare it and snag it for yourself and, and just allow God to bring it to you because that's really what he wants to do. He wants to uh, bring those things in our crosshairs so that we'll continue to pull the trigger on them, you know, and don't stop. You don't let circumstances, uh, you know, people go to the same restaurant over and over and over again. And you can't tell me that every meal they had there was good. You've had some bad meals there, but you keep going back anyway. Amen. Faith keeps you coming back. And it's the same thing with us. We'll have some some bad days, some bad experiences, but you keep going back to God. Amen. Keep keep pulling the trigger. Keep it in your crosshairs. Don't don't lose sight of it. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Miss Nola, the Lord wants me to tell you, just keep what you are believing for in your crosshairs. He said, all this interference by the devil is to make you walk away. He said, just keep your sights on what you first believed him for and keep pulling the trigger because it's yours. God hadn't changed his mind about anything, and he's not going to. Amen. Praise God. So God wants us to, to have that for ourselves. You know, he wants us. He would never promise us things if he weren't serious. He's not a man that he should lie. The big question is, can we believe? amen like he told the man with the son that with the seizures and he he, after the disciples had messed him up all day you know they trying to cast the devil out the boy and he keep throwing the devil keeps throwing the boy they probably had a time everybody wrestling all over him and trying to pin him down and he still got the devil in him amen so by the time jesus got there the man The father was kind of doubting Jesus. He said, if you can do something. Jesus said, I'm good. What you mean if I can? He said, I'm a hundred percent good. The question is, can you believe? Amen. It's never on him for his ability. Amen. That was settled with Abraham. The Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded what? Not that God, that, that God wanted to but that he could he was able to perform it amen that was a big deal for him that completed his faith because abraham knew god was good he prospered him ever since he told abraham to get up and go he was rich no matter what he did he'd fall flat on his face make mistakes get up keep going he stayed rich he stayed prosperous he stayed increasing he stayed growing so he knew god was good just knew the goodness of god what he didn't know was that god could could do something for him that he thought was already taken care of he thought ishmael was going to be his son and then god says no i'm going to do this through you and your wife and it's like wait a minute now is he able to do this is god able so those questions have to be answered the first question is is god willing if he's put bread on your table one time the answer to that you know is yes so he's always willing the one thing you got to figure out is he able all of this is piled up all of this is going on all of that's going on pile 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 on is he able you got that's the the, that's the thing you got to settle so you go to him, God, are you able to do this? And you feel yourself slap yourself. Now, why did I ask him to do it? I know he is. Amen. I just gotta hold on. Amen. <laughs> just gotta hold on some more. Amen. And we don't understand why things happen the way they do. You'll never, you'll never be able to guess God. But if he's got you in it, he'll bring you through it. You understand me? He will definitely bring you through it. He's not gonna quit on you. See, forsake is like this. Well, this is too much for me. I don't know you on your own. You know what I'm saying? It's like people do each other. That ain't God. See, that's somebody forsaking you when they feel over their head by what your, your lifestyle demands or what your situation demands. God's never in over his head. And I think many times people quit because they think it can't be done. But if you just hold on another day, you'll see a miracle. You'll see a miracle. I remember hearing that testimony about the late Jerry Falwell. You guys remember him, Liberty University? He just, in in the, the this century, he built a college from scratch. Only person really similar, they've been several. Maybe Oral Roberts was one. Uh, Pat Robertson was the other. But there were not many ministers building Christian universities in the 20th century. You know, what, what was the 20th century? And Jerry Falwell felt like he had heard from God and he started building and was in the process of building and ran into a situation where he needed something like $10 million. And a lot of people that, that knew him at the time would share this testimony and they said, yeah, we, we all laughed at brother Falwell. He was running around here. Suit was hanging off and. None of his clothes fit and he looked terrible. And they said, Well, what's going on? He said, Man, I haven't eaten nothing to eat, but he was fasting for that money. He said he hadn't eaten anything. He couldn't remember the last time he ate. He'd just been before the Lord, uh, you know, fasting and praying, uh, to get what he needed from him. And sure enough, somebody sends a check, ten million dollars, just like that. Yep. Yep. And when he passed away, he was so diligent about this. When he passed away, all of the debts for that school were paid off by his insurance policies. He had millions, tens of millions of dollars in insurance. I don't know who sold him the premiums, but he sure got them. Amen. Because he was determined not to leave that university in debt. And he didn't amen and so you know once you get delivered or something you really deliver you know so it's not like get enough money to get it started and forget about it he got a plan from god for how to leave them very well set at the time of his passing and so but see he was fully persuaded that god was able to do it see you don't fast and pray for something you think god can't do or won't do amen and so he knew that that was where his his answer was, and uh, and God came through for him. Amen. He definitely came through for him. So um, anyway, uh, but the the sentence of death has been canceled on us. <clears throat> we have eternal life, and we have life in this life. Amen. So um, the we have a choice now. Now that we have God, we have a choice. Before you're born again, you have no choice. You just got to go along with whatever the enemy puts up there. Uh, you do the best you can. You, you make your, your uh, you know, <laughs> make your plans. Hopefully they come out okay. If they don't come out the way you want it, you know, uh, whatever. Some people never try again. They get discouraged to the point that they just quit attempting to have some of the things that they used to have. The people who succeed are the ones who don't quit. It doesn't mean that they're smarter, got a better plan or anything, they just keep at it. And see, that's what our faith is for, to keep us in the race, to keep us going so that we don't quit because if we don't quit, God don't quit. And so it's it's just good. So, uh Proverbs 18:21, this is our scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. So that it depends on what we say about things, what we get. Amen. Where was I? Yeah. And and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. So if you understand we say who love it, who love uh, speaking the word, who love appreciating what death and life can do, if you're consistent in it and you know to speak life, you'll eat the fruit of it. And the same thing with people who like saying things that are are not true or negative they'll eat the fruit of their words uh so so there is a choice there that we have uh the other one is in deuteronomy let me see 30 verse 19 and this is after the great deuteronomy 28 passage where it tells you about the blessings and the curses amen in deuteronomy 30 Verse 15, God says, See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. You can pretty much almost get rich just by living holy for God. You know, loving people you know just just a basic good life you know if you look back over over some of the decades that that in this country especially and look at how the average person lived pretty much everybody was a christian or jew they were we didn't have all these weird religions that came about during the 60s where people were well actually a lot of it showed up in the 1920s where spiritism caught on some of the uh, uh Mary Baker Eddy with the Christian scientists and all that kind of stuff. It, weird religions started to pop up. You know, pl- periods of prosperity will bring stupidity on people. Too much good money, too many good jobs, all that. They get bored. They look for stuff to dabble around in, that kind of thing. And so pretty much, but but still, most people. At least said they were Christians, what we call nominal Christians. And, you know, God will honor that you honor Him to the degree that you so well, you don't, you've never heard the gospel. You don't know you have to be born again, but you know you think you're a Christian. And, and you live by principles. You take your family to church. Most people did. Every Sunday they took, cause everything was closed down on the weekends. You know, your store stayed open till six on Saturday and Sunday everything shut down. Amen. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the last 50 years or so, people just forgot about the Sabbath, you know, and keeping it holy. But there was nothing to do on Sunday but go to church. Cause they don't even play football until one o'clock. Amen. So if you're a good Catholic, you can get your mass in at nine o'clock, be done by ten, get home and cook something, be ready for the football game. Church is worn off by the time the football game comes on. Amen. Amen. Your, your basic denominational people, eleven to one, they know better than to go, go past one o'clock. Most churches, we don't, but you know, they do. But, uh, you know, it's, it was a routine. It was a lifestyle. It made it easy for people to flow into the Christian lifestyle and to prosper. And people really prospered out of that. Jobs were good. They were plentiful oftentimes. uh, Benefits got better and better. Families were able to stay together at a greater rate. All of that stuff. Life was much, much better. And these people weren't what we call born again, all of them. We know some of them were. But not all of them were, but they were what we call nominal Christians. They lived a, a basic good Christian life. They, they knew God, honored God. They respected God, had a reverence for God. And so they chose life. Amen. In, in a sense, they chose the, the, the better way. They chose the way of God. And so God says here, choose life so that you and your seed may live and multiply. And the Lord your God shall bless you in the land where you go to possess it. But if your heart turn away so that you won't hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. So see, I've seen that happen in this country in the 1960s, where the hippie generation, (laughs) it was kind of funny, a lot of the hippies got saved out in California. They would go out in the ocean and baptize people and They were getting high. Man, what you doing out there? We, we love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus too, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But there were moves of God that came out of that on top of the devil taking a bunch of people with drugs and, and illicit lifestyles, all of that kind of stuff. And so there's a choosing all the time. There's choosing life and choosing death. And, and sometimes it may, it be in one situation that, that, that choice is being made. And so we saw people start Yoga, Buddhism, all that kind of stuff. You know stuff we never even you know, witchcraft and admitting you're a witch and all this you didn't do that kind of stuff. You know, if if you were doing something dark you kept it hidden. Now all of a sudden the devil's bold, everything's coming out of the closet all of a sudden, you know, during that time. And the God says, If you won't do it, don't hear me, you get drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish. Yet you will not prolong your days upon the land, uh, whether you go to possess it over Jordan. And I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both you and your seed may live, that you may love the Lord your God, and that you may obey his voice. You may cleave to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. If you stay connected with God, you'll live as long as you're supposed to, amen, and as long as you want to, actually, you know. He says, so you can dwell in the land that the Lord your God swears to give to you. And so what we need to understand is that eternal life is a choice. Choosing the things that pertain to life is a daily choice for us. When you get up every morning, if you start the day by thanking God, you've chosen life already. See, you're already on the track to life. If you lay there and you wonder what's going to happen and what you're going to do, and you never address God, you never invite him into your thought life even. Amen. You're choosing something else over God. Then when the day starts going wrong, then all of a sudden you think, oh, Lord, God, let me pray. Let me, you know, (laughs) where you could start it off right by choosing life. Amen. And just addressing him. That's, That's your choice. That's your, your life choice right there. And so he says, choose life that you and your seed will live and you will uh, live long on the earth. When you chose Jesus as your savior, that was your first time choosing life. Amen. You must continue to choose him every day. You have to choose to live in the life that he has for you. So when you first choose him, and, and you've chosen His way of doing things, then you have to continue to do that on a regular basis. Just to follow Him and to be led by Him, to let Him guide you, counsel you, everything. Amen. And you have to, or endeavor to live by the Spirit and in the Spirit. If, if you don't know what that means, you need to ask God to teach you how not to live by what you see, hear, feel, taste, and sense, but to live by what's on the inside of you, by the inner man, by the inner, by the Word of God. The first time, I think, living in the Spirit is letting your mind get renewed to God's Word, that you think God's Word when you think, amen? You don't think carnal thoughts and then want to say it's God. You know when God talks, you because you know his word, and you begin to meditate on his word just to keep you full of peace, amen? You need the word inside of you, thinking about it continually, just to keep yourself peaceful, amen, and keep yourself available to God. And then he will begin to speak more to you when you do that. If you're fearful, your mind is consumed with thoughts of yourself and how to protect yourself how to help yourself how to you know do the things that that need to be done on your own not not with god's help and many people live like that they're nervous they're jumpy they wonder what you think about them they you know you you can't that's not living in the spirit you're living and you're tormenting yourself actually you're just living in the you know and and see many times people who live peaceful with god get the reputation of not liking people you know because you're not on their frequency they can't move you over into what where they are people like company you know they like carnal people like carnal company amen spiritual people could care less who's who's in the zone with them they're they're complete because they're in there with god amen and then on the road every now and then you'll find somebody who's oh they, there's a kin there's a kin over there somebody who's kin to you in the spirit realm Amen. But you don't need their company. Amen. You <laughs> you're doing fine because you're with God. You're complete in him. Amen. You don't need anything. Complete means you don't need anything. Amen. If you need something, guess what? You go to God for it. You're already with him. You ask him to provide it for you. Bring it on over here, Lord. This is what I need. Amen. I was I was talking to my I keep talking about my little uh, handyman guy i didn't know he could do all the stuff he can do and so god began to show me things like that in in that that there's no struggle now there were years where i did because i was finding my way how to get in that groove with god where things just worked you know and so uh, this this man i mean he does a little bit of some everything you know he sets tile and uh things like that and he. You know, I told him, I said, well, I want you to, to, to take this. I had some horrible, uh, fake rock on this wall, this house I just bought. It's an older home. I like it. You know, there's nothing wrong with older except you gotta do stuff to it. <laughs> New, you don't have to do anything. But I, I'm not crazy one way or the other, folks. Don't get me wrong. This is, sometimes it's more of a hassle, more work, more what, you know. But anyway, I I figured, I said, I got to get rid of this wall. It's just so ugly. It was like 1960s or 70s. And so I was telling him about it. I said, yes, I'm waiting on the guy who's installing my kitchen to get free. I said, but he said he got COVID. He said, what do you need? I said, well, he said he could demo this wall. He's got to take the drywall off. You know, I thought they just pulled it. But then I thought about it, that'll leave a mess. And he said, I can do that. And I said, oh brother, here we go again. Here, <laughs> yeah, model out on limb. But uh, he was so peaceful about it. He said, yeah, he said, I can do it. I said, I said, yeah. So then after that, I said, oh, go, go out. He was doing the wall and, and, um his wife works with him when they have dirty jobs because she cleans. I mean, real good. I know, real good. And, um, so any, anyway, I mean, real good. <laughs> but anyway nice little couple sweet couple you know and he said oh am i putting the wallpaper up and i thought well i don't know are you <laughs> you know everything he can do you know i'm kind of like mm, there's got to be something this dude don't know how to do that wallpaper's so beautiful i was thinking i said i told becky i said okay rebecca what days are you off again she had told me at least 50 times and so, <laughs> I keep pinning her down on her off days, but and that's not good because she works 12 hours. You know, I mean, if I get an hour where she ain't standing on her feet sleeping, I think I'd be doing good. So my my plans to stress her life were kind of shaky. So I just had to feel God out what seems the most stable to do here. So I said, well, just give me a price on it. I said, and and I'll let you know. And so and the Lord was like give me a price don't go there barb you know you ain't going to do that wallpaper you don't feel like it he said you're not going to abuse this child living in your house who likes you (laughs) i asked becky i said how you like living with old people she said it's fun (laughs) i said oh good i'm glad you think so but anyway uh but you know you don't want to impose on people you know it's because it's it's a it's a lot redoing a home so so he put the paper up Beautiful. I sit in my office, I can just get a crack of the door open, I stare at it almost all day long, just sit there in my chair. (laughs) Becky comes in, she said, oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) So we we both didn't have to sweat and we got a beautiful wall. And so, but the thing of it is, he he keeps telling me, he said, oh, he said, Mrs. Williams, I don't mind doing things for you. He said, because I know it's going to go good. He said, I never, he said, you must live really close to the man upstairs. He said, because everything goes good. He said, I never have a problem with anything. I go pick stuff up. It fits. I come and put it in. I don't have to struggle with it. I said, yeah, I said, well, God does. I said, he'll take care of stuff like that. And I said, I thank him for it. He said, you know, I'm getting close to him myself. (laughs) so they go to a little catholic church so they've been doing more volunteer work there he and his wife yep all of those things that happen just if you all i do is cast my cares on him i used to take them back i take them back sometimes now and i think what am i doing you know i'm i'm just gonna go chill somewhere and leave this alone and, and let god god speak and 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 just keep thanking him for for god i thank you for that answer i'm i'm not gonna have to wait long for it because you have it right now you know i I just want you to release it to me and you know whatever needs to be done you do that but god will confirm and and validate through your witness that he's with you in these things you know as you know sometimes you look at the money you're putting out of your pocket, you think, oh, my gosh, when is this going to stop, you know? But God always provides. And and then these two souls who are here believe in God more. I mean, how much is that worth? You understand what I'm saying? And so it's, it's just a good thing all the way. When God's working on something, it's just, just too wonderful to, to do it any other way. And I'm so very thankful. I really am it's just so very thankful for what he does. So, so what God wants us to do then, once you choose life, you stay with life. You don't dabble over in fear. You don't dabble over in doubt. You don't dabble over in, you know, anything that would bring darkness into your situation. Death is a part of the natural realm. Amen. It it just is. Everything that we see and that we can physically touch, smell, taste, whatever, is deteriorating every day. It's, it's just, it's gonna be destroyed at some point. It just will, will diminish over time. Uh, if you, like these chairs, they may be here 50 years from now, but some of them may be starting to rust. Some of them may be starting to weaken. The backs start to loosen and everything it's worse because of the realm that we live in this natural realm is a realm that's run by sin and, and sin brings death it brings a loss <coughs> deterioration whatever so <clears throat> even when a death sentence is handed to you though you still have a choice to choose life you know you can go to the doctor today and they'll tell you that you have some disease you can still choose life Amen? That's that's from the temporal realm. That's from the temporary place. You're going into the eternal place for the answer. So when you go into the eternal place, it has the power to put out the temporary. See, anything that's permanent uh, gets rid of what's temporary. Amen? It will replace what's temporary. Amen? You know, if, if you're married, that's, that's something that's permanent as long as you two are alive. It makes no difference what, who your spouse knows or all that kind of stuff in between. It really doesn't. You know, people get so suspicious when the husband or the wife knows somebody else or whatever that kind of nonsense is. You know, you just don't dabble in that and you don't get fearful of it because if you're married, what you have is permanent. Amen. You know, people say things like, well, uh, you know, uh, I know so-and-so is over flirting with somebody. Well, what do you, do you have a ring on your finger or not? Does that mean something or not? Now see, when people think marriage, they think everything's happily ever after. Marriage is the most, most fought over and, and, uh, despised union to the natural realm. The devil hates marriage more than he hates anything else. Why? Because it's honorable to God. God esteems it highly. Whatever God highly esteems, the devil hates. You just got to know that. So you can't expect that you'll never have any trouble in your marriage. Are you kidding me? Because he's coming gunning for you. He's looking for the righteous all the time. Whatever you got, he wants. And he wants to destroy it. He wants to separate you from God, let you get mad at God because you think God doesn't like you or didn't answer your prayer or didn't give you what you wanted or anything that he can do to get you to accuse God. He's all for it. Amen. You know, we'll make up stories about people. It ain't no good. Are you any good? People are pretty much the same. You know, all we have going for us is God's operation in our lives. It's got nothing to do with somebody good and not good. They don't mean you no good. and No, they do. They just don't know it yet. Ah! <laughs> tell the devil that. That'll confuse them. You ever tell somebody something and they kind of like scratch their head? They may not do it physically, but they look all confused, walk away from you. That's the wisdom of God came out of your mouth that time. You got me? You want to hear nothing about your spouse from nobody. They can't tell you more about it. you. live with that person every day and they're going to tell you something you don't know? Give me a break. And God lives with them all the time. You want to know something about them? Ask God. <laughs> so it's never too late to choose life. You can always choose life. You know, Speaking of marriage, I remember a, a, a couple, there was the daughter, uh, I knew the daughter, and her parents had been divorced since she was a teenager. She was now a grandmother, was an adult, had her grown kids, she was a grandmother. Both her parents had remarried somebody else throughout that period of time. After she, uh, I think both spouses passed away, and her parents got remarried again. Now, see, that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. You know, you've got to hold things in high esteem. Do you understand? When God says what he joins together, let not man put asunder. If he joined it together, it's never been broken. They've just been over somewhere living with somebody else and embarrassed to tell somebody they made a mistake you understand what i'm saying see sometimes you get involved in stuff you don't know how to undo it but god will god will still help you you understand in the latter end you'll wind up being faithful and they remarried and stayed with each other until they both one passed away and then the other one did you understand what i'm saying you observe things the right way, and you begin to understand what God means in the scriptures with certain things. You got me? Now, people can stay trapped, stupid, whatever. You hear divorced and remarried people say, nah, I've been divorced once. I'm staying here. I, if, if I had known it was going to be this much trouble, I never would have left my first wife or husband. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just what God does. It's forever. Marriage ain't, it ain't a joke. You know, it's serious. It's real. There's power there. Amen? The power of God is on that. And it can't be broken. You just don't break stuff. You know, you think you live in your life, but you're not doing nothing. You know, you see these people, they go away, they, they you know, walked off from somebody, never even bothered to get divorced. Why do you think they do that? God has joined together. There's a warning on that. A lot of people don't even bother to cross that line. They say, no, we ain't together no more. I get a divorce one day. They never do. (laughs) I could take a nap here. It's so peaceful in here now see some things need to get settled we got to quit arguing with everything and letting other people argue with them and we sit there and just sit and listen you know when people say well i don't want to be married no more you can't break that bond well god never told me you can't break that bond well not everybody who gets married you can't break that bond So it's never too late to choose life, folks, to get on God's side about things. You humble yourself and allow God to work on your heart. And it's amazing the things he can accomplish through you if you let him. Amen. It's about letting him do these things. Even when a death sentence is handed down to us, we still have a choice. It's never too late to choose life. Life is more powerful because it's eternal. It comes from God's realm. That's why. Even when you choose life, your future generations inherit it. Your children will be saved and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Why? Because you chose life. Amen. So, so God wants us to keep it all in the, the realm of life. Whatever life gives us, that's what, that's what we do. Amen. Because the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth, God has to honor his covenant of blessing. Amen. Over cursing. Why? Blessing comes from the realm of life. Cursing comes from the temporal realm. Amen. From the, for the temporary realm. So even Job was able to choose life. Amen. When the, when Satan came by and he asked God, have you, have you considered my servant Job? Amen. That wasn't something that was just being answered right then. God knew he was considering him or he wouldn't have been there. Amen. The devil con- considers the righteous all the time. He's looking at us all the time for stuff to do. Amen. Job's children would feast in their house, and, and Job would make sacrifices for them because he was afraid. They were, they were being disobedient. He had kids that weren't very ruly, you know, so he was always trying to cover for them. And, and one day it just caught up with him, you know, disaster hit, everything was destroyed. But the enemy was not allowed to take his life. He took everything from Job materially. He took his children, his family. He was left with his wife, amen, who wasn't real pleased about the whole situation, him holding on to God. So he was even tested then. After everything had been removed from him, he still was being tested of whether or not he would stay with God. And that was what the, the enemy had accused him of, of, of liking God because God gave him everything, amen you know satan is like a uh um, a, a, a evil brother to all of us kind of he's always picking at us accusing us oh god you look look you did after you give him all that stuff that's why he worships you i'd worship you too if you gave me this <laughs> you know well you had it devil you threw it away you know and so it's 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 that way because he is the god of this world he has a certain amount of power. Over us outside of God. So once you choose life, you are under God's care, under God's provision, his protection. Anything you need, you have it coming from God. Wisdom, favor, blessing, restoration of health, renewing of youth, renewing of strength, all that stuff. You have everything that pertains to life and godliness in God. So don't ever be afraid, well, God, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm getting older now and I don't want to be able to, I don't know if I can do this and do that. Don't worry about it. If God puts it in your heart to do, let Him take care of getting you prepped up so you, <laughs> you can do stuff. Amen. <laughs> I see people just, you know, going they spend all this time working out and doing this and doing that. And I'm thinking, I wonder if they got any scriptures in them that promises. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I think you should. You should rely on the word because God promises you these things. He doesn't promise them if you do this. He just promises them, period. And then he'll tell you what to do if you need to do anything to sustain that that you have. So so choosing life is the most important thing about this. Job chose life. He chose to go on and continue with God. When you Decide to continue with God. That's the same thing as choosing life. Amen. It's just God. Whatever it is, I'm I'm going Your way. I'm in this with You, Lord. Whatever You have for me is fine. I I know I'll be content if I act a little funny at first. Help me get used to it. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, just just deal with God and and let Him deal with you. Uh, because this is very very important that we make this choice every single day amen every day that we live we are to choose life amen proverbs 420 tells us to attend to god's word amen this is part of choosing life when you pay attention to what god says instead of something else amen so so you need money what does he say i'll supply all of your needs You know, according to my glorious riches, not according to what you think you have, what you think you could borrow, what you think is coming to you, what anybody else says. My riches are in glory and I supply according to that. Amen. So it's it's easy to stay in the flow of God if you meditate and stay focused on his word. When you choose sickness, you know, say people say, "Well, it's not that bad," or something like that. The Holy Spirit will will remind you. You know, you'll come under conviction to get the word in you. You know, you just don't accept this. This isn't for you. You know, uh, with the that one scripture, I think it's in Isaiah, in Isaiah 30 something. I forget. I should know, but it says nobody in this land of Zion will say, "I am sick." Amen. It just won't be said. So it's not said in God's kingdom. It's not said in heaven. It's not said among God's people. We do not say, I am sick. Amen? You're healed. Amen? Because there's nothing in, in God's atmosphere to support sickness. You'll never feel peace about saying you're sick. You'll always feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit to correct yourself. Say, no, God, forgive me. I I forgot by your stripes, I'm healed. I am healed. I'm healed now. Amen? And stay with that. See, if we stay out of feeling, thinking, what they say, WebMD, looking at stuff, talking about pills and all that kind of stuff, if we stay out of that realm and stay in the realm where God is, then we will have the results of life. You'll have life Flowing through your body 24-7, just a continual life flow. When you speak his word, you are releasing life into your being. You release it first in your hearing and your ears. And then it begins to, to affect your body. You'll see that, that if you're speaking to a symptom, if you're speaking to a pain, you, you keep talking to it and you focus on the fact that you're healed and that pain must go. It's going to go. Amen. Now we sometimes will will rely on the fact your body has the ability to heal itself. You get a cut, you know the process, it it is you're not going to bleed forever. Amen. It heals. Many times we we take that as as what we rely on when we have other things, you know, issues that come up. Unless it's something that we can't solve by You know, just putting your feet up, getting off your feet for a minute, uh, laying down, resting and all that kind of stuff. When you, when you employ those measures, it's because your body has the ability to heal itself. It's not going to stay, for instance, if you feel a pain in your chest, you know, you just ate something or ate it too fast. Chances are it's indigestion. Amen. And so you'll think about it and you'll say, but something tells you this ain't hospital. Pain. You don't need to go anywhere. So you ride it out and it eventually subsides. So that's the body just healing itself. When we talk about God's supernatural healing, it's beyond that. It's the Word now undertaking to heal you. And if you will stay with that Word, you know, just for instance, if you. If you have a pain in your ankle or a pain in your leg or a pain in your foot, begin to talk to that. Just be automatic with it. Amen? Just be automatic with it and quit wondering where it came from, why it's there, what it's doing. Wondering is doubt. Wondering is wandering. And wondering won't get the job done. And so that's, that's the battle. That's the good fight of faith where you, you let your, your, your heart take over. You let your words take over. You start meditating. You know what? I am healed. You know, I know I believe our declaration that we don't have Rona. And I think that kept Rona from, from all of us that never got anything. Amen. So even people that found it better to take the jab, you know, now that thing didn't do nothing for nobody, did it? There's nothing in that to help people, in fact, they tell you, you get it anyway. you understand what I'm saying, so you know it was your faith that did it if you you never got it, it's your faith that little confession that we do twice a week, amen, every time we get together, and see it doesn't take much of word, and it doesn't take much of life to keep us in life. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with the knowledge of your word. We understand, Father, that we are healed by your stripes. We are 100% whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Even though symptoms may try and linger, we are still healed. And we rest in that, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. All right, why don't we do our confession Our declaration, I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.